What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, February 18th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the former informer, Imran Khan. Howdy, Greg Miller. How are you? I'm doing good. You're back from the blistering cold Midwest. Yes, it was, I think the day I got there, it was a quote-unquote Arctic blast. Nope, that'll happen. Uh-oh. That'll happen. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was there like a Pokemon there? Was that like a po- It sounds like a Pokemon I d- move. I didn't low... Well, okay, so when I think here Arctic blast, I think of Cyclops <laughs> okay. saying... I like how he's like, okay, hold on. <laughs> I, I think of uh, Cyclops saying Optic Blast from Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So like every time mm-hmm. someone said that in my head, I just thought of Marvel vs. Capcom, which is not an unpleasant See, I think of like a Mountain Dew flavor. That sounds like a Mountain uh, Dew flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or yeah, it sounds like Baja Blast. I did hang out yeah. with uh, yeah. Zach Zweizen from Kotaku who does... Review Mountain Dew flavors, and I think like he does it ironically originally, and now has become sure. non-ironic to the point where like we we go to the grocery store and we like oh let's find some Mountain Dew flavors for Zach that he hasn't heard of yet. Okay, and we can't because there are no flavors he hasn't heard of yet. I know I, I know that very well with yeah. Oreos. Yeah, 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 of course. I thought you were gonna say you went to the store with him and he got recognized, and people were like oh the Mountain Dew guy. Mountain I was Dew like guy. holy <laughs> shit! Imagine having that cachet. You walk into a Schnooks grocery store and they got you, got you dead to rights. At that point, I would just never go to that grocery store again. I'd be like, oh, I'm too. One time, an Uber driver recognized me for Uber Eats. I was like, okay, well, I'm just not doing Uber Eats for the next six months. <laughs> That's understandable. Yeah, yeah they, they know too much about you. Yeah, you got to stay off the grid somehow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, you've been okay. I've been good. I told everybody, I told you earlier. I thought this was a Patapon shirt. I got excited. It's just yeah. Dumb monsters. Just Inc. monsters Inc. Like, Mike Wazowski is basically the original Patapon. Mike Wazowski. That's true. Yeah. 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 I did play that game, and I do enjoy it. Uh-oh, I don't like the where this is going. Uh, I, I, have to do it, I have to do it in very short sessions because it gets very repetitive. Ah, okay. Like, well, I'm like, I've just been man. pressing the same three buttons for the last hour. I'm like, sure. I need to change up a bit. But you got to get, you know, get your, you got to, you know, what, do you want to attack? Do you want to fall back? You know how it is. <laughs> You'll get there. All right, I mean, granted, buddy. I changed to Kingdom Hearts, which is not that different in terms of pressing the same three buttons over and over. Sure. Yeah. We got some Kingdom Hearts questions for you today. We do. Big Kingdom Hearts Day. I don't know if you know that. But other stories include Switcher is getting a cross-save option, Persona 5 Royal is dumping its homophobia, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. You can go there and ask us your questions, give us your concerns, give us your uh, PSN names and Xbox names and everything else so you can play with other people. And, importantly, support the show. Uh, you can kick us bucks so you can get the show ad-free. You can get the show with its exclusive post-show. You can get a whole bunch of other things like early access, so on, etc. And on and on. Uh, if you're watching live, you're on Twitch.tv slash Kind of funny games while you're there uh you can keep us honest go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe it's stuck it's stuck that time so I didn't <laughs> yeah have i was it. like was my timing off no i was no. that i had to pull harder and i wasn't ready to pull you know it's the worst uh housekeeping for you thank you to our patreon producers james davis david mindtel mind freak Mohammed Mohammed, the nanobiologist, Frank Furter, Shiraz Razak. I wonder if anyone's got it right, because I heard Blessing do the same thing. I do where you get up to it, and you're like, oh, I got to get this, but I don't know if I got it. Patrick Higgins, Travis Gajkowski, uh, Drew Garnier-Frutis, uh, <laughs> Dominic Shorter, uh, Ginny Burnt, uh, Joseph Solder, or no, Solar, and then uh, Katie Gallagher. You should have a Patreon tier that will pronounce your name right. Hey, man. I'll give it up to Travis Gajkowski, <laughs> who saw a struggle with his last name for a long time, so he wrote it on how to do it twice, because, of course, he wrote it during a live stream, I forgot. Then the Patreon uh, poll for the month started adding his middle name, and he hit me up. He's like, hey, can you stop saying my middle name? That's weird. <laughs> I'm like, totally. I'm not your grandmother. That was all, yeah, you know, Gregory James, Gregory James Miller, that's when I was oh, in trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gregory James Miller, I was in trouble. Gregory James, my grandmother, was trying to differentiate me from my dad. I feel like the, the James middle name it, like always comes with, like whenever it's said, it's like, oh, fuck. Shit's happening. But yeah. I think that's probably that Catholic guilt, you know? Oh, totally. That's definitely the Catholic <laughs> guilt. Don't worry about that. Uh, sirens are going to be on RN in one second here, everybody. Uh, more housekeeping for you. Remember, we are starting the first, e- my first ever full playthrough of Halo <laughs> this week. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games Thursday and Friday. I believe we're starting at 2 p.m. Pacific. It's at the end of the doc. I'll tell you at the end of the show. Uh, and it's important to point out that uh, we're bringing in some uh, help there. It'll be me and Tim playing, of course. But... Two of them, their achievement hunters will be here. Whoa. Jack Patillo, Alfredo Diaz, giving us, uh, I guess, coaching. I don't even know. Probably just Pro- you probably need coaching because they're Me? way better. I mean, both you and Tim because they're way better at video games. You know. Well, I'm, they're probably better at this stupid Halo. You can't even aim down sights. Stupid right what Halo? Is this? What is this? Am I playing Goldeneye? You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. it came out like in the early 2000s. So give them some Get fucking credit. Are you doing Get Master Chief here. Collection? 
Yeah. Are you in the original version or the I'll remade? stop you right there, Imran, all right? Because <laughs> Tim today is like, hey, you have an X, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, can you download make sure the thing's downloading? I'm sure. And in my head, I'm like, remember that the X is disconnected and underneath my entertainment center right now because <laughs> I have a PlayStation 4, a PlayStation 4, and a PlayStation 3 plugged in. Mm-hmm. So I don't know anything. I'll stop <laughs> you right there on which version of Halo I'm playing. I'm not, I don't know. We're going to find out together. Yeah, it'll be exciting to watch you flail at it for a while. Exactly. And then I'll be an expert like I am. Do you know enough about Barrett? it to like, know what the library is? Or for the Master flood. Chief? Oh no, no. Okay, this like I, fun. Uh, Halo One, I totally missed. Halo Two, I remember I doing some multiplayer with people, but not uh, anything crazy. Mm-hmm. And then what? It would have been Halo Three. What, what year is Halo Three? That was the one Ooh. that I was at IGN for, right? Or am I skipping ahead? Was there? Because I I did at some point when I'm at IGN finally, and I'm not just a, you know a dumb kid on the outside and have no money. And when I'm at IGN and have no money, <laughs> but I'm getting my games for free. Uh, I started playing him. Like me and Steimer did ODST, and uh, Ooh, ODST. I did it. I did Reach. I did Reach. Yeah, yeah Reach yeah, is my yeah. favorite. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, Halo so, Three came out in 2007, by the way. So I maybe I mean that would have been my first year at IGN, so I definitely would have played it, but I don't remember anything yeah, th- about it. ODST yeah. came, I think, shortly after Three, and then Reach was a couple of years after that. I think I don't know. My Reach was like late 360. Yeah, that sounds. So yeah, right. I would have played that then. Okay, but no. Yeah. The classics, the originals, the stuff. The, your blood gulches, I don't know anything about There's it. parts of Halo 1 that are were infamous even at the time. Yeah. I'm getting ready to see you go. How you feel about those even within the context of 2020? Okay. <laughs> uh, ODST was 2009 and Halo Reach was 2010. Yeah. yeah. Then I definitely did something with those. Cool. All right. One of them I beat for sure. Reach <laughs> is so good. I want to play yeah. Reach again. I guess I could look at my achievements, yeah. pull the dust off those, and try to figure it out. Playing Halo One with only the context of Reach is actually pretty would be an interesting thing. We'll see. Yeah. See what all these stupid triangle aliens have to say this time around. <laughs> stupid you know triangle mean? aliens. <laughs> That's when they run at you. <laughs> like, what the kill fuck, Greg? Is this? What the fuck is this? Fucking kill Uh And then uh, today we're brought to you by Hims and Quip, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Four items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. We're starting with IGN's Matt Perslow, who reports Switcher. That's right. The Witcher 3 on Switch uh, is getting cross-save and a better graphics patch. Uh, The Witcher 3 on Switch is being updated with the ability to cross-save with PC via Steam or GOG. This comes as part of the latest patch, which also adds new graphic options to the game's menu settings. Uh, News of the PC cross-save for the Switcher originally serviced on Reddit, but CD Projekt Red confirmed to IGN that the functionality is being included in the next patch due to rollout imminently. The patch includes touch control support, file save integration with GOG and Steam, more text languages in selected regions, and more graphical options. On top of that, there are performance optimizations and bug fixes, end quote. The PC cross-save function will allow players to download PCs to the Switch version, allowing them to continue when they're on the move slash prefer to use the Switch. This is done through either a GOG, good old games, or Steam login. Divinity Original Sin 2 on Switch also also features this functionality, and the feature was well received. No shit. (laughs) Who would have thunk? As for the graphic options, uh, the Reddit leak suggests uh, these will allow players to toggle on or off features such as motion blur, bloom, depth of field, and light shafts. While The Witcher 3 on Switch is never going to look as good as its PC or PlayStation 4 slash Xbox One cousins, these options will certainly help players choose their own graphics balance. Reducing blur should certainly help make the games make a sharper image, uh, hopefully eliminating almost Vaseline-like haze that the Switch version has by default. From your mouth to God's ear. Mm-hmm. Started that over Christmas break when The Witcher hit. Yeah. Jumped into Switch version and eventually I had to stop. Because it I, hurt my eyes so bad. I wanted to play this Switch version. I thought it was like, it seemed fine. And I'm more likely to play that kind of game like just anywhere. Where it can go like, with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I would not willing to start over. Because I played, I want to put, I'm going to say like 60 hours of The Witcher 3. And yeah. I never finished it. No one's ever finished Witcher, Witcher 3. That game is unfinishable. Sure. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's ever happened. It, it's way too long. Yeah. Anyone who says they've done it is a liar. Liar. Totally. So if yeah. anyone says it, you're wrong, they're lying. Sure. I believe it. But I was like, well, I can't start over because it's just going to feel boring to go through that same 60 hours again. Yeah. That was, for me, I so much time had passed, right? I, I'm not, I what, did 35, 30 hours in Witcher 3, mm-hmm. never got out of Act 1, got caught up in the side quest, and then was like, I got to move on to something else. And so watching the show, I was like, oh, man, I'm getting into it, and I understand the character more, and this is really cool. And so I started it on 
switch and it was that thing of like, ooh, there's so much Texas stuff. This is really hurting my eyes right now. Maybe I'll dock it and play it on the TV. And I was like, wait a second, why the fuck would I do that? <laughs> so I re-downloaded it to PlayStation 4, restarted on a PlayStation 4, and then it was the same thing where I played a while. I never yeah. was like committed. I mean, the whole time. I just wanted that hit and I got the hit and it was like, I got to move on to other things. Yeah, I really love that game though. Like, it oh, is yeah. legitimately the best game of that year in a year where like MGS5 came out and it was also amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just, there were parts of that game that when you hit the same kind of side quest over and over, you're like, yeah, yeah. okay, I can slow down for now for a little while and maybe go to the main story path. But then it's hard to put your finger exactly on what it is about that game that's amazing, and that's what makes it hard to continue sometimes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those about getting lost in it. Yes. But then you can get too lost in it. Yeah. Where when I had it and I was traveling with the PS4 to play it because I remember we were on a MomoCon, and it was that thing of like, I'm not moving on until I get every question mark done. Yeah. And then I do that, but then more question marks started popping up. And you're like, oh my God, I'm never Because what if that question mark is amazing? What if right? that's like the best side quest in the game? Exactly. I want to be it. super strong and I want to have all the cool gear and I want to do all the cool things. So no, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> and then it just ended up never going anywhere. Yeah. But I had a great time. Mm. I do like that they put in graphics options for this. Like, yeah. I think more games should have that, not, not necessarily on Switch, just everywhere. Sure. I just being like, okay, well, I don't need this particle effects like i know you want me to look at that but i feel like if let's say let's say doom as an example and doom might not be a great example because that game runs amazing everywhere yeah but like if it was Even stadia yeah <laughs> except except because it doesn't run at all but <laughs> if you wanted to just say remove particle effects and get a smooth 60 fps and that was an option i would fucking do that in a second yeah and like i maybe that's because i'm came up on PC gaming, and I like tinkering that sort of thing, yeah. but consoles have never really done that all that much, and it always annoys me when they don't. Is your belief, as we head to the next generation of consoles, that you're going to see more of that since, like, Xbox, right, is going to be like, well, the Series X is going to be running games, but your Xbox One, at least for a few couple of years, is going to be able to run those games as well. Yeah. Do you think it becomes standard issue that there's all these sliders in there so that if you're on an original S- Xbox, if it is a cross-generation PlayStation thing, they'd be able to play a third party? Yeah, I I think that's kind of where we were going already with the Pro and the Xbox One Sure, X. where it asks you already, do you want performance yeah. or... And sometimes they didn't ask you. Like, Final Fantasy XV is a good example where you always... If you're playing on a PS4 Pro, you default to the PS4 Pro version and there's no way to turn it back. Yeah. But that game doesn't run as well on PS4 Pro because it was running at a higher resolution or whatever. But I wanted to play it as if it was on a PS4, but I couldn't because I didn't have a PS4. And I remember some launch games for the Pro were like that, like Watch Dogs 2 was similar in that you had to switch it back. I think that one actually had a toggle where you could switch it back to the PS4 version. It didn't look as good, but it ran better. So I think we're going to get into that situation of maybe not particular things like saying like, hey, you're going to move the fog, you're going to move the blue, motion blur, but saying like, do you want basic graphics, intermediate graphics, whatever? Okay. Question for you on the other side, though, mm-hmm. for these saves. It comes from Borzen00, who wrote in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, Good morning, Greg and Imran. PC dorks like myself keep getting cool features on the Switch. Today it was announced that coming to the next Witcher 3 patch on the Switch is, PC sa- is that PC saves can be synced from Steam or GOG. While the only two games on the Switch come from developers with a PC pedigree, CD Projekt Red with The Witcher 3 and Larian Studios with Divinity Original Sin 2, it makes me ask why we have not seen this PC save sync before. Why are we seeing? Why are we only seeing it on the Nintendo Switch? And will we see more studios do this PC save syncing thing to consoles? If I had to guess, I would say probably something. Maybe Nintendo's just more open to that. Mm-hmm. Like they're weirdly open about some random things, and this is one of those things. I'd be like, oh yeah, sure, absolutely. If you want to do it on PC, it's absolutely fine to f- save sync it over. Both Witcher 3 and Divinity Original Sin 2 were also games that were on PC for a while before they came to Switch. So maybe that's some... Re- I don't know the actual reason. Yeah. But I, maybe that's some reasoning for why they were able to do it of they've already been so entrenched in Steamworks already that it became just easier to like flip a toggle. Or Valve offered that toggle earlier to companies that have already launched games on Steam or on there for like, like maybe a year plus or something. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird that we haven't seen it besides just those two titles. Yeah. So why haven't we seen PC Safe Sync before? I think it's a broad question, but I think it would be the fact that technology, and I think specifically the Switch is such a unique product for this, right? Mm-hmm. Where, to answer your last question, will we see more studios do PC Safe Syncing over our consoles? No. I don't think you will. I think you'll see more PC games do the Safe Switch to Switch. Uh, I don't think you'll see it to consoles, PS4, Xbox One, because those are more directly in a race. Yes. Whereas Switch is not racing PC and PC is not racing Switch. Also, they're more directly redundant. Right. Of like, you don't... If you're buying Cyberpunk 2077 on PC, 
you're probably not going to also buy it for consoles. But if that game theoretically came to a Switch or a Switch-like system at some point, right. that would be make more sense of like, oh, well, now I can play this portably. It would be nice to have my save. 100%. And that's that's the what the promise and the unfulfilled promise of the Vita was, mm-hmm. right? It was this idea of like, oh, cool, I'll have I'll play Madden on my PS4. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have, I'll play Madden on PS4 and then take my save on the go and still be able to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And only the show ever really did that because they were first party and they had the reason to do it. Yeah. Whereas here, you see the success of Switch. You're talking about, yeah, two games that are old but are now being ported to Switch. Why wouldn't you do that to encourage that cross-save, to have people come on to where they already were playing it? Because how many people are in a boat like you, right, where mm-hmm. the, you're saying, oh, well, I put so many hours into The Witcher already. I don't feel like doing it again. That's a cool thing, but I don't want to start from scratch. Yeah. And if you have that option suddenly, of like, okay, okay, bring over your 40-hour save. Like, okay. And both those games are also heavily decision-based. So... Like, you want to be able to make sure you have that same consistent character across both things. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, for an example, why am I... Po- I, I was trying to think of an example, and for some reason, the only example in my head was Dante's Inferno. Sure, But yeah. if they ported Dante's Inferno <laughs> to the Switch... Uh, <laughs> out of the infinite amount of video games, you reached into the black hole and got Dante's Inferno. A great game, good platinum, but damn, okay. <laughs> if they pulled Dante's Inferno to the Switch, like, it's not that bad to replay that game yeah. over and over, because it's not like it really matters. Like, oh, why did I make it, like... The seventh circle of hell. What decision did I make there? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going to remember what I made in the werewolf quest. What decision I made with that for Geralt on, on Witcher Three? Yeah. But it's cool that now I can pull that decision out there without everybody having to think about it. But it gets called back and be like, oh yeah, that's what I did then. So if I did it again, I'd be like, well, what did I do the first time? Is this the same Geralt I had there, basically, or not? Yeah. Um, number two on the Roper Report. Persona 5 Royal is changing homophobic scenes. This is Tom Marks at IGN.com. We are an IGN.com podcast today. I'll, uh, so I'll just say they started an IGN.com store and I ordered the IGN sweatshirt. So there you go. It all makes sense. Uh, Atlas has confirmed that certain scenes in Persona 5, which were considered homophobic and offensive by many fans, will be updated and altered in the Western release of Persona 5 Royal. Speaking to IGN during a Persona 5 Royal preview event, Atlas communications manager Ari... Avacula. No, ad, hold on. Advincula. Uh, explain that dialogue in certain scenes, specifically ones involving Ry- Ryuji. Am I saying that one right? Ryuji. Ryuji, thank you. And two uh, effeminate male characters would be changed so that those men were no longer shown in a negative light. Quote, we actually were able to go through some of the lines that players may not have received as well. Look at the feedback and then update it for the current generation, he said, explaining that they've changed both the first scene in which you meet these characters as well as the notorious beach scene they are featured featured in later on. The dialogue in these scenes has been widely criticized since Persona 5's Western launch for a variety of reasons. Many fans consider the depiction of these characters to be offensively stereotypical, presenting the most uh, prominent homosexual characters in Persona 5 as extremely sexual, extremely sexually aggressive, parentheses, towards a minor, no less, and intentionally ridiculous with intent of making their weirdness the joke, made worse by the fact that your protagonist provides similarly insensitive responses to their actions. While Atlas didn't, share exactly how these scenes would be updated in response to these complaints. Uh, Ari said said asking if they would be addressed was one of the first things she did when joining the team. Quote, that's really important to me, and I think it's really important to the community as well, end quote. Uh, Ari, uh, or is it Ari or Avi now? Now I'm I'm just... (laughs) Ari, I got right the first one. Uh, also explained that their localization team has an internal content review team she described as uh, very on the pulse about what's right and what to do. She explained Royal was a chance to make it right. Good on them. Yeah. Right? It, granted, it's a localization change, not a change to the actual like main original game. And that was but. the thing that was pointed out, I think, later in Tom's report, right? That mm. the reception to it for Persona 5 Royal in Japan for this scene is the same. Yeah. Nothing changed over there. This is something that's just being changed for Western audiences. Yeah. Which is, it was always a weird scene. Of like, what, I think it was Ryuji and the main character coming out of a movie theater. And I was gonna say, can yeah. you give me? I've seen. I didn't get to watch the YouTube videos. I saw screenshots of it. But as somebody who didn't make it that far into Persona yeah. Five, I don't, yeah. I don't understand. Exactly. Barrett, you can correct me if I'm getting it wrong, but it was Ryuji and protagonist getting out of a movie theater. Then two gay men come up to them and start hitting on them. They it, start hitting specifically on Ryuji, and like I think you run into them like a couple of times. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, it, it's like a very disheartening representation of the LGBT community, um, especially, and like, this is the thing where like, I'm in a rock, between a rock and a hard place with this one, where it's like, all right, the dialogue is definitely being changed to make them seem less predatory, which is great. If you're going to have, 
if this is going to be your only representation of gay characters in this game, it shouldn't be that like they're uh, like pedophiles almost, you know, that's mm-hmm. fucked up. Um, but it's also the thing where like the depiction of who they are as characters and like their, uh, the way that they're voiced, the way that they act besides the actual dialogue they say to Ryuji feels very, um, what's the word? It is very insensitive. St- yeah. Insensitive is stereotypical. Okay. So it's, it's just like one of those things where like, what fucking why? Like I, I understand like views in Japan are very different, uh, about homosexuality, but it's just like, what was the point of having this in the game? Um, so I'm glad that they're changing the localized dialogue. Do you uh, think this is enough? Is that I think that's I don't, kind of the question you're driving. I, at. I don't think it is. Yeah. I mean, it's like one thing that contributes to the fact that like Persona in general has always kind of like left queer representation behind in a mm-hmm. weird way. Of like it's a game about Well, that was the whole thing with like Persona 4, right? Yeah. Where like Kanji was like he was que- struggling like, with his sexuality, yes. right? And it was very much like push it down. I'm the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they also never make it explicit in a weird way and they took out are, they seemingly took out gay relationships from that game. Mm. Of like, there is dialogue found between the main character and Yusuke of them having a like relationship dialogue, but they also just don't have any of that in Persona Five. And it's they can do better. And I think a lot of that thing is at Atlas and particularly the Persona team have a very old world mentality about that sort of stuff, like gay jokes, like can you actually be friends with women or is it all just like relationship stuff and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Like they've done interviews about it. It's always been a very like boys club kind of mentality. So when you throw stuff like that in of gay characters seeming very predatory, it comes off as like, okay, you're painting a picture here. Yeah. And it's good that they're changing it. But if you like, I talked with Alice about this a while ago about Yakuza specifically. Cause when they did the Yakuza remix, they ended up removing things that were like trans jokes and gay jokes that were, I guess, fine to them in 2004, but as you go further and further, like, the team themselves in Japan went, okay, this is not us anymore. Oh, that's like, interesting. We, we need to go and do better for us. And, like, Nagoshi and the rest of them said, well, in a modern context, it's not about what the audience wants because the audience reacted badly to them changing things. But they, well, we can't be insensitive anymore because that's us. Atlas is kind of a different beast. Mm, yeah. And I think... Yeah, because this <laughs> happened with Catherine, too, right? Yeah. yeah. And, like... I've I talked to Atlas localizers before who are always kind of like do that color pull whenever some of that thing comes out of like, yeah. oh, what are we going to do about this? How do we change it? And I remember specifically there was a thing with uh, Valkyria Chronicles where there was a character who, like a fairly badass character, and at one point one of the other characters like slaps her on the ass. Oh yeah, Valkyria Chronicles four. I remember this scene well. Yeah, and yeah. there was some, a bit of outrage about it, and like the Atlas team took it back to Sega. It's like, hey, here's the thing that people are complaining about right now. What what are we doing about this in the future? And I think. Either at that time or before then, they they made a thing where Atlas and Sega's U.S. branch could take things to Sega's development team in Japan and tell them like, okay, this is not going to be this taken will not well. Be received well. Yeah, so it's stuff like that that they can look at. I don't think Atlas specifically has that. Atlas Japan has that. Gotcha. So this is why this is probably change in localization versus like them taking it to the company for the original game. So Atlas is also very what's the word stoic and stubborn and hard-headed about these sort of things they probably don't want a lot of like western feedback for that sort of stuff yeah so i can see why they didn't change it I, it's interesting and i thank you so much for the examples right because mm-hmm. i think there is the stereotype for J- japan in general right that they're not and this sounds terrible but they're backwards on this stuff or that it's okay to make these kind of jokes and there would be no repercussions so yeah. it's interesting to hear that it seems like atlas is this yeah. it's stick a up. it's a part of comedy in japan and yeah. like the idea is homosexuality is kind of like a phase you go out of, so like transsexuality and cross-dressing and stuff like that. Yeah. It's not like your identity. And that's been like slowly changing over the years. Like There's a really good like Queer Eye miniseries in Japan that talked about homosexuality being a thing that's still somewhat stigmatized, but being out and proud is a like the way you change that. And Hashino and the rest of them at Atlas, like nothing personal against them. I don't think they're bigots, but they do have old world mentality about this sort of stuff. So I... It's good that they're changing it. And hope, like Persona Six is not by Hashino's team. It's going to be like a new like writers and creative team and all that. So maybe it changes then. But we'll see. It's for me. I'm, I look at this the Atlas thing and like, okay, I'm glad they at least recognize it on the American side. That was my yeah. thing. It's like for me, it's a baby step thing. Yeah. Where it seems like, all right, cool. Like obviously, there's way more to be done. I'm with Barrett. That from the images I saw, it's like. Even the way we're drawing them and they're acting doesn't. Yeah, uh, was, this doesn't seem like a positive representation. Yeah. But if you're making these changes and yeah. you're making the forward progress, like it's not just Atlas too. Like remember, Breath of the Wild had like a really 
interesting segment where Link has to dress up like a woman to get into oh, yeah, the yeah, city. Yeah, yeah. And like all of that is fine. It's almost mostly handled classily, except for one part where the guy who tells you to do this, they like have a scene where the wind blows up his skirt and he like goes, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys got so close and then just ruined this right yeah. here of like being transsexual or a crush or whatever is not like, you're not a effeminate weirdo at that point. And Japanese, because it's used as such a comedic element there, it tends to come off that way. Or they tend to put that in there. It's like, oh, here's that. We're doing this mostly right, but let's slip in one little joke. And like, that's a almost. Perf- or it's an amazing game aside from like things like that, but it kind of reinforces how this stuff is just so institutionalized at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just a, a shout out to the Valkyria Chronicles character, the girl, yeah, or the woman who I gets, don't remember the name of. Exactly, yeah. me neither. Right, but when, after she, as soon as she gets hit on the ass, she turns around, and knocks that guy's block off. So yeah. it's like she, you know, even there it was like a fuck you. This isn't yeah. okay. I think like the I think the feedback I ended up giving them was like. Yeah, the commander should have been like, hey, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there should have been more from the group, right? But I think they're all like, you punch them in the face, great job. Um, Number three, there's a new Switch color, or a new Switch light color, I apologize. On April 3rd, Nintendo will add a splash of color to its lineup of Nintendo Switch light systems with the introduction of a playful coral-colored version. The coral Nintendo Switch light system can be purchased at a suggested retail price of $199.99, joining the existing range of color options for the Switch system, yellow, gray, and turquoise. You can see right here above Imran. Oh, we're moving around, but there it is. <laughs> Point upwards, Imran. There it is. See, that's the one. That's the coral one right there. It's beautiful. It's very nice. It's, it's one, again, I do not need, and I will yeah. not buy. Animal Crossing, I might buckle on. That's the one I want. I, I assume it's there for Animal Crossing, mostly. Oh, sure. Of, like, they're, make, like, they're a little transparent with a, we want women to buy this sort of thing, but like... This is probably why that's there. <laughs> yeah, I love my my neon pink uh, Vita from Japan. Uh-huh. So like, yeah, you look at this, you're like, yeah, that looks pretty hot. That looks pretty hot. But I don't need one. Yeah, I don't need another Switch. I I've Do thought I about maybe this? doing it, but like, just the process of cross save and stuff like that. And yeah, well, like, I mean, my thing is like, I, I, I like I, Animal Crossing uh, specifically. It's an example of like, I'm not gonna be able to move that save file over. So why would I ever do it? Mm, great point. Great point. Yeah. It is nice. Like, the actual thing feels nice to hold. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Switch lights, yeah, Yeah. they feel great, yeah, for sure. But then it's like, oh, I wouldn't be able to plug it in anymore. I'm like, but I never plug it in. (laughs) I never play Switch on my TV. What is your ratio? I'm like, I would say like 70% docked for me. Oh, man, no, really? Yeah. I mean, not great, I just use it differently, but I would say 95%. Handheld, really? Like it's. I remember when I plugged Moonlighter in for the first time last year. I was like, "Holy shit! Look at all this detail. This is neat. I never saw any of this." But I, I enjoy playing. Like Animal Crossing, I think is just gonna be handheld all the time. I don't know. For me, like, I guess I do most of my game playing at home. So at that point, it like makes sense just have a pro controller and just like sit on my couch and do all that. But like, it is for me. The Switch is a a mostly home console that is I can take on planes on trips. Yeah. And for me, it's the opposite where it's totally it's in my backpack. It lives in my backpack. Mm -hmm. It's rare that it's on my even the charging stand at uh, home because it's usually charging here at the office. Yeah. It was mostly 50 50 for me when I was like still traveling for work and all that. But like nowadays, I I appreciate that like the Pro Controller is a nice, like a more ergonomic thing than actually holding that switch. Sure. Sure. That's totally fair. That said, on the plane, I I did pull the thing out and like just use the controllers like on my side because there's no fucking room in it in the airplane. Yeah. yeah. And that's really nice. Yeah. It's super nice. Uh, number four, uh, Stadia is adding more phones to their lineup of things you can play Stadia on, but no iPhones. Uh, their press release reads, beginning February 20th, you can play games on Stadia using a broad new selection of mobile devices. In addition to the Pixel family, Stadia will now support phones from Samsung, Asus, and Razer. You'll also soon be able to play on the brand new Samsung S20 line. What's the technical reason why this doesn't work on just every like Safari browser? I don't know. Like, cause I, I, someone write in to explain that to me. Because, sure. like, I feel like probably the marketing reason that's on iPhones is Apple the probably store. wants to cut. They're always yeah. so weird about the store. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine that's the that's the reason it's on like the biggest like single phone line base. Yeah. But also, I, it's so weird they're rolling it out slowly. Like, I have to assume it's not. This is supposed to be easy for everything. That was the entire selling pitch of like, yeah. no matter where you are, what you own, if you've got a TV with a browser on it, if you've got a fucking web TV, like this thing will run on it. But if it's just like, okay, now we're supporting the Razer. Like, okay, why? It didn't support it before? Like, Yeah, 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 totally. It's the usual thing with Stadia. That again, it's it was pitched so simple. Yeah. But it's still so complicated at this yeah. moment of like, wait, wait, this is the one that it needs to be. I need to connect it to the. I need to connect it to the phone still at this point, right? It needs to be USB linked. Okay, great. But I, I can use it wirelessly on this. But I can use other control. Okay, it's just whatever. Yeah, it's 
it's still that same problem of like if they had called it early access, yep. we would be like, oh, cool, now my phone is supported. Look at people celebrate xCloud coming to iPhone with one game. Yes. Everybody's like, awesome, great, this is neat. Oh, man, Halo's running great. Because no one's paying for xCloud right now, and like the people who would be would be like, okay, well, cool, I'm paying for a beta. Yeah, and exactly. People who are paying for Tadia right now are like, Okay, cool. When's my phone getting supported? Like, yeah. I have your web or your TV app. I don't. I would just like to play it on my iPhone, and I. I don't think it's entirely their fault. I just think that their messaging about it is terrible. Yeah. It, well, I mean, the messaging since launch has been awful. Well, yeah. not even since launch. Since right before launch has been terrible. They showed a thing last week of like, hey, we have four new games coming, yeah. and but like it was like a tweet, and like, like I didn't really see anyone talk about it all that much. Yeah. Well, Stadia like, is struggling. Because <laughs> it's that thing of you. You announce four new games. Cool. I need to see what those games are before, like, announcing a tweet is interesting, but it should have been, I'm not going to say they should copy a direct or something, but, like, it should have been a fucking Twitter video, at least. Like, yeah. tell me what those games are. But now they're in a rock and a hard place, too, of where they can never, you can't, they, they made such a big deal, what, that they had uh, over 120 games this year, right? Yeah. But they want to tell you who, what they were, and it's up to, the, and then they were like, well, it's up to the people who make the games to announce them. And so now if you were to make a YouTube video or anything, and you're like, you said you have 120, you're only talking about four? And then it would be like, how can I, the, how can I ever trust you? What are you doing? It's better to look stupid than actually be stupid, though. <laughs> like, yeah. they, they can, like, Doom is a great example. We were talking about that earlier. That game was revealed with Stadia. I remember playing it at GDC last year. Yeah. Why is that not out? Why is that not prepping people for Doom Eternal as saying, like, hey, keep your Stadia subscription till March because Doom Eternal will run well. Here's an example from Doom. Yeah. Like, who knows what's going on over there? You know what I mean? Why all this is happening? It was five new games. There it is. Sorry. Yeah. For it is, Google announces five new games for Stadia. Okay, yeah. That's what they the should be doing. the first new game announcement since launch. <laughs> Ooh. Guilt was the first game, and now they've got four more, or five more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Was... Last month, Stadia said they were receiving... I'm sorry. By the way, I'm reading from The Verge. This is Tyler Lyles. <laughs> Uh, following a troubled launch last year, Google has announced that five specific new games will arrive on its cloud gaming service, Stadia, quote, in the coming months, finally giving us some additional titles that we can look forward to beyond the, one, the ones promised at launch. Sure, Google's already said last month that Stadia would receive more than 120 games this year, including 10 exclusives, but it hadn't named a single new game between its November 19th debut and now, right before early adopters' three-month Stadia Pro trials are about to expire. The only games that have been released on Stadia so far were all promised before the service debuted. Stadia's new set of games includes Panzer Dragoon Remake and the Serious Sam Collection, as well as three games that will actually come to Stadia before they arrive elsewhere. Lost Lost Words Beyond the Page, a puzzle game with a heavy emphasis on a story written by Rihanna Pratchett Pratchett, Mm -hmm. uh, of Mirror's Edge and modern Tomb Raider fame. Uh, Splitlings, a wacky arcade game where... Uh, a wacky arcade game you can play with up to three friends and stacks on stacks on stacks a colorful 3D tower builder that reminds me a lot of Jenga that's a great name yeah so yeah those are the things but yeah no release dates still yeah and like Larian is showing more Baldur's Gate stuff at PAX East yeah that's true so like why is that not a Stadia event because that game was originally announced last year at a Stadia event like why is Google not getting behind that saying hey pay attention to this this is our big hitter for 2020 yeah who knows anymore, Imran? Yeah. I can't wait to see what happens at Stadia, <laughs> how, what it has up its sleeve, and if Baldur's Gates runs well. But that's so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software got each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today! Red Dead Online has an update. Uh, you get 50% roll XP boost in all bounty missions, a 50% XP boost across showdown modes and races. Select bounty hunter items are 30% off. You get a 30% discount on Lamat Revolver and Repeating Shotgun. Ongoing Twitch Prime benefits. And this week's featured series is Gun Rush Teams. In terms of new games today, Warface is on Switch and it's free. Vanquish. Well, what? Warface is such a good name. It's for a great thing. name, right? Yeah. Uh, Vanquish is on PS4 and Xbox One. Uh... Psycho, 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 Shooting Stars Bravo is on Switch. DCL the game is on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. If you didn't know, that's the Drone Championship League. I didn't know. Yeah, I found that out yesterday on the blog, <laughs> or the PlayStation blog for PS I Love You. Uh, Giraffe and, and Annika. Annika. Annika is on PC. All right. Bayonetta, PS4, Xbox One. Hunt the Showdown is on PlayStation 4. Lost Brothers is on PC. Adore is on PC. Guns of Bullshit is on PC. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, Super Hiking League is on PC. Estonia, The Return of Yendor is on PC. Uh, Dead Time Defenders is on PC and Mac. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue is on Xbox One. Now, 
I'll, I'll read the question. You explain it. Mm-hmm. Nanobiologist writes in to patreon.com slash games to be part of the show. Just like you can. It says, hi, Greg and Imran. Today, all of the Kingdom Hearts is on. Let me try this again. Today, all of Kingdom Hearts is available on Xbox. Uh, while this is a very exciting moment, what hurts most is the pricing. $50 for 1.5 and 2.5 HD Remix and $60 for 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. While PlayStation next month uh, will get every game in one bundle for $50. That's $60 more for an Xbox user uh, to get the whole story up to three, which at least is on Games Pass. Uh, how is this fair? Is this just the growing pains of an older sis- series being on a new platform? Or is this Square milking the games any way they can? So, my question for you was, mm-hmm. he talks about they're all available today. Does he mean that it was Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8, the final domino to fall? Or should there, I've listed other Kingdom Hearts games in here? I believe that's the final domino to okay, fall. Okay, okay, like, perfect. But yeah, it's, it is probably just Square milking things. Like, they know that they can get the money for this. It should have been done a while ago. It's shocking that it hasn't been done till now. But... I, I imagine when those Kingdom Hearts games, like, well, they'll probably one day, who knows, but most likely come to PC and Switch or something like that. Yeah. They'll probably put them for as expensive as they can put them. Totally. Because they want to make money from these things, this very expensive series of games. Uh, it does suck for Xbox owners. I, and that's kind of the thing about Game Pass, right? Like, when stuff like that happens, you're like, maybe I'll just wait for it to be on Game Pass. I think that would probably be the best bet. But yeah, it. It does suck that Kingdom Hearts, the story so far, is out on PS4 now, and that's obviously the better buy. Yeah. Like unless you only own an Xbox One or don't own a PS4 at all, if you want to play Kingdom Hearts, you play the PS4 version. Yeah. And I mean, to Nana's question, I definitely think it is. Yes, it's on a new platform. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you've waited this long, if you're so anti-owning a PlayStation, mm-hmm. that you, but you own your Xbox and stuff, yeah, they're going to come in and, and charge you for these games and make you pay more for these games because they can. Yeah. And that's, I mean, like... I know it sounds dirty, and, and maybe in a lot of ways it is, but it did cost money to get them ported over. If they're going to try to make that back, they're trying to make it back this way rather than bundle them all together at a cheaper price. Yeah, and it's the thing that happens with like Switch and Steam games, too. Of like, You'll see an indie game that just came to Switch. It's like, oh, why is this full price here? Yeah. And like on Steam, it's $4. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing with like when if and when Horizon comes from PS4 to PC. It, on PS4, the full version is 5 bucks. Yep. On PC, it's not going to be five bucks. It's going to be a lot more. Yeah, on uh, you know, PS I Love You's episode today, right? I talked, I reviewed Mosaic as the PSN game. Mm-hmm. That's a game from Apple Arcade. So for if you wanted to for five bucks, you could have played it there. But if you want to play it on PSN, you got to pay twenty bucks. Yeah, and not to mention the five bucks would have given you unlimited other games. Like yeah. this is the cost of business in moving these things around and giving choices there, but it doesn't have to be a unified price point. It turns out. And same thing with Sayonara Wild Hearts of like Apple Arcade game on Switch. It's gonna be the same thing when things move from Xbox to PS4. It's like, well, it's just a Game Pass game. Like, why would I pay sixty bucks for this when I own I already have Game Pass? Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And so I think as you see things move around there, it's the same thing. Uh, last week when we talked about the division being three dollars here, yeah. that was very much an American thing. We had somebody writing angry about it that I didn't use your a question today, mm-hmm. but how it was like nine bucks over in the UK or nine pounds over in the UK, yeah. like. It's all these different territories and where, what the pricing uh, structure makes sense for people over there. Yeah. yeah. Like, Sims was free on PC and PS4, but if you didn't have a PS4 or PC, then you're kind of screwed on Sims. Yeah. <laughs> Nanobiologist says 1.5 and 2.5 and 2.8 are all being released today. 3 was the only one available to, until okay, today. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, new dates for you. Uh, Stellar Commanders is coming to Steam on February 20th, and Sinara Wild Hearts comes to Xbox One on February 25th. Deals of the day for you. You have an update here uh, for game dates for Xbox Game Pass on console. February 20th brings Ninja Gaiden 2. Nice. February 25th brings Kingdom oh, Hearts yeah. 3, uh, two, point, 2 Point Hospital, and Wasteland Remastered. Did you play 2 Point Hospital? No. I remember Danny uh, O'Dwyer freaking out about it, and a whole bunch of people really enjoying it. When yeah, it I've never been into that like particular kind of sim game yeah. or maintenance game, but yeah. Uh, February 26th, Yakuza 0 comes Heck. to Xbox Game Pass. And then February 27th, Jackbox Party Pack 3. If, if you've got Game Pass. Pass and you like, you're interested in Yakuza, play Yakuza 0. Yakuza 0 is fucking amazing. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. You can get Game Pass. Yeah. Get I'm Jackbox. Kind of, I'm kind of curious Ninja Gaiden 2, because like... There's a part at the end of Ninja Gaiden 2. Have you played that game? Is that the one from like 2007, 2008? Yeah. Xbox? Yeah, it was like impossible. It's 360, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a part at the end where you go up some stairs and like they literally overload the game with ninjas as you're just slicing through a bunch of ninjas as the game slows down to like five frames a second. I'm kind of curious because like on a backwards compatible Xbox One, does that still happen? Or is it like, was that an intentional thing? I'm, hmm. 
Uh-oh. Oh, everyone's going to be playing. I kind of want to play through it just to see how that looks now. We should. Yeah. But you should play through it after Reader Mail. <laughs> it's time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Hymns. Uh, you've heard us talking about Hymns for a long time and how they're helping guys look their best. If you haven't, it's time to see what they're all about. The problem, 66% of men start to lose their hair by the age 35. And once you start to notice thinning hair, it can be too late. The best way to prevent more hair loss is to do something about it while you still have time. For Hymns, Hymns.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. It's time to write a new chapter, one in which you have hair. The best chapter. Andy and Nick are both using Hymns. Of course, you've heard me talk about it a million times. Uh, Nick steals Andy's gummies, but they noticed their hair was thinning. They went to 4 and they talked to a doctor. You go there. The doctor talks to you. He explains your problem. If they think it's right for you, they prescribe you uh, these, uh, uh, these prescription solutions backed by science that are sent to you directly at your door. You don't have to go to a waiting room. You don't have to wait in a long line. You don't have to have an embarrassing conversation with a real doctor. You're just talking to some uh, doctor online. It's way better because you can always hit the X button and leave. Right, Barrett? Yeah. That's how the internet works. Uh, dive into 2020 hair first. Right now, our listeners can get started with their first month of hymns for free. Go to forhymns.com slash games daily. That's forhymns.com slash games daily. The prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if the prescription is appropriate. The offer is valid only if prescribed. Three month minimum subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See the website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's forhymns.com slash games daily. Up next is Quip. Quip, makers of the Quip electric toothbrush, want you to know there is only one single discovery that matters most for your dental care. It's simply this, that if you have good habits, you're good. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day and flossing regularly no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and an anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric toothbrush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in 2-minute timer and 30-second pulses that guide you to a full, even clean. The Quip floss dispenser comes with pre-marked string to help you use just enough. Plus, Quip delivers the fresh brush heads and floss and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping, so your routine is always right. Jen and I just got our uh, Quip refills, and guess what, everybody? Breaking news. They changed the brush heads. They're smaller, but they got more bristles and stuff, and they're doing a better job. IMO, as somebody who brushes his teeth with Quip every day. Mm Mm-hmm. Join over 3 million healthy miles and get Quip today, starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash games. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash games. Quip, the good habits company. Thank you, Barry. Oh, Imran, where do I want to start with you, you know? <laughs> that sounds like you're disappointed. No, no, it's just, you know, no, 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 no. We're going to go with Marley... Nito. Marley Nito writes in and says, Hey, Greg and Imra. This is my first time writing in, and it's to ask your opinion about the PlayStation Player Celebration event that just got announced. Personally, I love these kind of initiatives to bring the whole PlayStation community together. As an amateur trophy hunter, that real-life platinum trophy looks good. Lots of love from Belgium, and thanks for all the awesome content you guys make. Marley Nito. Nito. So I just kind of looked this up as I saw this question. Explain to me this event. So they announced this today, okay? And I'll read from the PlayStation blog. Barrett, if you want to throw it up, there's just graphics. Go to the PlayStation blog. Join the PlayStation Player Celebration to win exclusive prizes. Uh, The idea here is that PlayStation is challenging all of us PlayStation players Mm -hmm. to play PlayStation games. Outrageous, I know. But if we hit these criteria for playing the games and getting trophies... It goes into a, it'll unlock new avatars and new themes. And then at the very end in March, you can go there on a specific day, the 17th, I believe. Uh, and hold on. Yeah, March 17th at 11 a.m. Pacific. And there's going to be one question they ask. And if you, uh, two people, the first two people, yeah, the first two correct answers will get a prize pack that includes uh, a real life PlayStation Platinum trophy enga- engraved with your PlayStation network name, a $100 or $100 or $130, I'm sorry. One hundred U.S. dollars or one hundred thirty dollars Canadian PlayStation Store voucher and voucher codes for a select number of their greatest PlayStation Four games. So yeah, the idea here is you go there, you sign up, which is just log with your PSN and register, right? Then they're going to start tracking you because you start playing, right? Uh, play multiple PS Four games. The community must play a target number of games for each stage. Every PlayStation Four games that each entrant plays for at least an hour across as many ses- sessions during the stage will count towards the goal. 
earn trophies. The community must earn a target number of trophies for each stage. Up to six PS4 trophies each entrant earns each day will count towards the goal. Trophies earned from games with multiplayer mode count for double. And then three win exclusive rewards. Everyone who signs up uh, can earn exclusive themes and avatars uh, when the community hits a goal. Uh, the rewards will be delivered directly to your, play- your PlayStation 4 via a system notification. So goal one is 125,000 games played, 500,000 trophies earned. You can start playing from February 24th. Uh, if we hit it, you get an exclusive uh, PlayStation 4 static theme, an exclusive PSN avatar. Goal two is 375,000 games played with 1.5 million trophies earned. This will start when goal one is completed. You get five exclusive PSN avatar images. And then goal three, uh, six... 675,000 games played, 2.7 million trophies earned. Starts when goal two is completed. You get an exclusive PlayStation 4 dynamic theme. So, it's just a thing encouraging you to go play games. Yeah. And register in here. And so, I guess they're keeping track of who's actively paying attention to this kind of stuff and clicking on this kind of stuff and doing it. So, it's a good way to get the fan base to, like, put their energy towards something besides just asking for the PS5 reveal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Everybody there chasing this thing down. Uh, To Marley Nito's question, like, it's cool. Yeah. It's a, it's totally marketing and whatever, but it's always I think it's always cool to get rewarded for doing something you're already doing. Yeah, right. You something win you care about. Yeah. And I thought that was what I mean, PlayStation uh on the heels of their uh year in review thing, they did you know, did you see this when when we switched over to twenty twenty? Mm-hmm. You could go there with your PSN profile in America finally. I know they could do it in Europe last year, but go there and it would give you like the stats breakdown on your most played games yeah, and yeah. here's where you put your hours, yeah, yeah. And then it would say like you know, we've determined that you're, I forget what, I, I was an action-adventure guy or whatever, which gave me an exclusive avatar. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen a lot of people, when I, I'm playing Dreams, and I go to people's profiles, I see them with those avatars a lot. Oh, I'm, uh, PSN profiles is actually where yeah. I've seen them. And it's like, oh, it's cool that that resonated enough people, this badge of honor, that they want to put those out there and go for it. Yeah, tying people to your brand is never a bad thing from a marketing perspective, and it's good for, like, community management and just general, like, community, what's the word? Like engagement yeah. yeah i mean like yeah i mean again they're already doing this and i, th- I think having a common goal is cool mm-hmm. no, but i mean it's like that thing of like i would imagine i don't know who filled out the numbers i have no idea but like I, I guess you have to register so it's that encouraging thing to get you registering which yes. obviously gets your email back into can we market to you great <laughs> oh cool but like one hundred twenty-five thousand games played like that that's hard. not a lot no yeah. and i mean like you, yeah we're talking about through march right that you have all this stuff like it seems like slam dunk stuff which is what you want but I really don't ever, like, if we're, if March 1st rolls around and we're still in goal one or whatever, and people are like, we really need to get motivated for goal two, I don't see that really working. Like, I don't see, like, everybody being like, you're right, fuck, I'm sorry, I'll play, I'm going <laughs> to schedule up these games and play these hours to do that thing. Yeah, I mean, imagine, like, the places in Reddit and all that will mobilize for that sort of thing. Sure. But, yeah, well, I think it's probably, it's extremely likely they hit all those goals. I really want that physical platinum trophy. I know. I was going to say the big thing, ladies and gentlemen, is on March seventeenth at eleven a.m. Pacific. Don't go there. Let <laughs> me get this. All right. I need this, Barrett. I need this. All right. Here's what I'll do. I, I'll give away the hundred dollar PlayStation Store voucher. I'll give away the voucher codes for their select greatest PlayStation Four games. All right. Just give me the fucking trophy. You understand? Do you understand, Barrett? <laughs> now I'm thinking. Of, now I'm thinking of going there that morning just to fuck with you. There's no way you can get the question right. <laughs> what does a skill-based know. question mean? Uh, yeah, I know, right? Answer the skill-based question. I, I, <laughs> what the fuck is this question? Fill the blank. Be? Play blank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you say our PlayStation Classics called Greatest Hits or the Great Hit? Why did Sean Layden leave? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nobody can answer that question. Frank Furter writes in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, Good morning, Greg and Imran. Nintendo is opening up pop-up Switch lounges in select airports in the U.S. While I love this idea and having seen the gaming lounge at the DFW airport, I fully support it. However, with the rise of the coronavirus, is this a missed or mistimed marketing opportunity or do people have nothing to worry about except washing their hands after the demo? I assume that they're going to be like... Sanitization lounges and all that stuff, like in there, yeah. like those little just stand up things you put the thing in. Uh, I don't think it. There's that much of a worry about coronavirus, but guess what, Frankfurter? Everything at the airport is fucking disgusting. Yes, everything you're touching. That's you don't. Uh, God, it's it's it treated like an E3 or Comic Con. Your hands are biohazard there. Do not eat your food with your hands. I can't stress yes. this enough. People are fucking filthy. Coronavirus is at least your goddamn problem in the airport when it comes to what you're going to catch. I was at the airport yesterday. I saw a guy like drop a thing off a sandwich on the table and then pick it up and eat it. I'm like, uh, no, no. Like, uh, I guess you assume table, fine. Like, but no, not, not this table, not at an airport. I saw a dude once pissing in a urinal 
drop his water bottle a throw in a plastic water bottle and it rolled under the urinal and he picked up and he got it oh. and i was like that you gotta let that go like you just no, throw that, it away it's gone don't and he didn't throw it away he went and washed his hands and walked off with the bottle yeah water is not like that cleansing water cannot do everything <laughs> it's it's a nightmare out there uh to this thing i would think the fact that playstation vr lounges haven't had pink eye spread to everyone in the fucking world yeah and like even at paxes and stuff that was the thing it. vr got wrong the first year and then they fixed it yeah i think like i think you're okay and yeah i would think that nintendo's smart enough to have people sanitizing these things and having the purell right there That's but again a, yeah so many people you look at anybody in the airport touching all sorts of handles stuff in their fucking hands in their mouth yeah that said coronavirus is like Becoming a bit of a concern. Like, I saw things last week about there's talk about GDC. I, they don't want to cancel events, but, like, canceling events because of coronavirus concerns. Because yeah. some of the big, bigger players are like, well, we're already canceling stuff. Well, I don't I mean, know if we want to come in here. And that was the thing for DICE. Like, I don't, I'm sure everybody watched it, of course, I hosted it. But <laughs> we had to add at the last second in rehearsals to the monologue that we already had written uh, a whole thing of, like, hey, and a lot of people couldn't be here tonight because of travel restrictions. Right. Because, like, so many people's flights got canceled from coming from China, coming yeah. from other places. And GDC ended up canceling, like, Chinese people, like, developers from China coming in can't come to GDC because of coronavirus stuff. No. Which is, I guess it's good because it, like, theoretically, it keeps everyone happier and safer, or safer, but also we're we're on the verge of, like, a decent bit of paranoia about this sort of oh, thing. Oh, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. <laughs> There was a kid on the bus today. He was playing with a Rubik's Cube, and he kept coughing with his mouth open. I almost threw him off the fucking bus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, his mom's right next to him. Yeah. And he's old enough that he's really good at this Rubik's Cube. Like, teach him a fucking lesson. Or Greg Miller will. Teach him that lesson, Greg. Ricky like, McFly. You got more? Next time you see him, just fucking throw him out. Uh, the problem is I've already forgotten what he looks like, so I'm just going to attack every kid from here on out. Well, now, yeah. every kid with a Rubik's Cube, you just yeah. got to fucking... <laughs> <laughs> he was really good, too. And it was cool because it was like... I, I started paying attention and after... Because he coughed a couple times. I was like, is this kid sick? And I was like, no, he's just got something to start. But then he was really good and going really fast at the cube. And then I was watching him and I looked across and it was a mom with her two daughters and they were watching him. This kid was putting on a show. Yeah. But cover his fucking mouth. You know what I mean? I, I knew a kid with one arm that could do... The top Rubik's Cube in like 30 seconds. Damn. Here's the thing, insane. Greg. Would he have been as good if he had to stop and cover his mouth? to cough when he needs both of his hands to be doing yeah, it. Yeah, you lose all focus. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe I can't, I can't ha- hate on him anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Ricky McFly gets the final question of the day, at least before we go to the exclusive post show on Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. And he says, the Nintendo Switch Lite gets a new color way announced today. He just means new color. And it's dope. Uh, but when the big companies give consumers the full po- but when will the big companies give consumers the full power of customization and let us create our personal system skins? Xbox Design Lab gives us a taste, but Daddy needs a dope matte Xbox. You're asking for way too much, Ricky. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No. Like, removable shells would be great, but, yeah, it's never going to happen because it's just too much. I, I really miss those 360 faceplates. Oh, yeah. Remember those are that? cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, granted, they, they were pointless after the first revision, but, like... Still, it was nice to like. Here's a pre-order. You get. A, I got a, a Tales of Vesperia one, which is super awesome. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah no, the, the overhead on that customizing these things out of the no way it would yeah. never happen. I think I do think that PlayStation needs to and Nintendo with their Joy Cons, but to a lesser extent because there's mm-hmm. f- fewer moving parts. But PlayStation needs a controller design lab. That's one of the coolest things Xbox has going for it. Um, for your consoles and systems, though, Ricky, just go to Flaming Toast. Flaming Toast put, it makes the stickers. You can put on all your stuff. Colorware, they'll do the custom stickers, and they'll do your mats and all that stuff. I My OG Xbox One, uh, Flaming Toast did a Mizzou skin for me that I put on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had it, like, on, remember how it had, it like, the, that one side that was all, like, slots yeah. for vents or whatever? Sitting there at IGN, like, putting these things on perfectly or whatever, <laughs> trying not to screw it up. Like, that's your easiest thing. Yeah. You go to all the different third parties that do it. But if you want, like, a mad Xbox, like, that... Theoretically, you could... 3D print like a new shell. I wouldn't yeah. recommend it because you destroy every warranty you have on that thing. But uh, they were never going to give you any money back anyway. Yeah. yeah. If they if they ever did that th- stuff, it would be astronomically too expensive. Yeah. And like even 360 controllers, the or not 360, the uh, Xbox. One yeah, controllers. Xbox One controllers, the Design Lab ones. They're like if you put like every possible option, it's like 160 bucks. Yeah. It's pretty damn expensive. Yeah. So if you started doing that for bigger things, like that's price is going to scale. Yeah. But it'd be cool. It would be cool. It's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Robert Mims needs help in Dreams on PlayStation 4. Robert's PSN is terrible. John L. Ace Esquire. 
J-O-H-N-L, Ace, Esquire. All I'm, one I'm setting Kevin on you because you are obviously not John L. Ace, Esquire, and you're pretending to be him. We're getting our legal team on you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, John L. Ace, Esquire, writes, and it says, Hi, Greg and Imran. I'm Robert, and I'm looking to lend some help this time. I'm currently a university student about to start my program studying game design, and I feel like Dreams will be a super helpful tool for learning how to develop actual games. Anyone out there who needs help on their dreams, I'd love to assist in any way I can. Let me do your voiceover, design levels with you, make interesting characters and mechanics in your world, and more than anything, let's make something fun. If you want to make something fun in Dreams on PlayStation 4, hit up John L. Ace Esquire. Now, of course, John L. Ace, I can't speak to what John L. Ace Esquire is making in Dreams. So I went to indreams.me to see his creations. Oh, yeah? He's made jack shit so far. Wow. So is he all fucking talk? Does he forget that we can see what you're up to in Dreams? <laughs> wow. Does he think we don't know how to get into your fucking personal search history here? John L. Ace Esquire? You uploaded nothing. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to put up a demo reel. I want to hear some voices. I want to see some creations mm. here. Then you're going to send it to me next week. We'll look into this and see how you've come. John L.A. Esquire. You have one week. Barrett, put it on the calendar for next Tuesday. we got to look at the John L.A. Esquire. What do you uh, think the, like a lot of work. the time is until people start putting like, Dreams creations on like resumes? Oh, real quick. I mean, especially for the people who have made some of the most amazing stuff in early access. Yeah. I think as like, they find that and if that's really what they want to do. Yeah. yeah. I made that fucking breakfast on Dreams. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know which one I'm fucking talking about. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. Let's check in with your wrong and see what we screwed up as we screw it up. First and foremost, uh, Shiraz Razak wrote in and says, Greg, you didn't quite get it right, lol. Just go back to calling me Blackjack. It's Blackjack. What? Yeah. We didn't know it was you, Blackjack. <laughs> Fuck yeah. your real name. We're calling you Blackjack. Everybody knows Blackjack. Yeah, now we know. Um, Brian says Civ 6 on Switch also uh, features a PC save sync. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of people wrote in there with, and I don't know where we screwed it up, but... Oh, we c- said consoles haven't done the save file. Uh, yeah. CG the second says Xbox has PC cross saves with Xbox Play Anywhere titles. We apologize for that because there was a couple of people who wrote in. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Charles Jacobson says Warframe deserves a huge shout out for its settings on consoles. It runs fine on default settings, but you can change a lot of the graphical settings to get an even smoother experience and so on and so forth. Um, uh, Misanthrope says regarding cross-save with Switch and PC, Warframe lets you do it once. A significant reason for this and most games as a service is that PC versions get updates faster than their console counterparts. Makes sense. Um, Brian says... If it's anything like Xbox streaming on iPhone, Apple doesn't want you ac- accessing other... No, we already knew that. Sorry, there was a better one. No no offense. Um, somebody actually had an answer for what that was. Oh, here we go. Uh, Joe says, the reason it doesn't work with Safari slash Apple is due to codecs. Apple doesn't have support for VP9, which is the main codec that Stadia uses. And that's that, I think, applies to Google Chrome as well, which other people are writing in about, mm-hmm. too. Um, Mama, I'm going to let this one slide and then express, express why, all right? Uh, Mama says, you missed in new dates. Cooking Mama Cookstar is coming March 2020 to Switch. I don't like putting in dates unless you have a date. Yeah. So just saying, oh, first half of the year. Oh, March. Like, that doesn't count. I want a date date. New so date. that's for Eventually. future reference, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Nanobiologist said, hold on, I deleted it. Uh, the question will most, for the PlayStation thing will most likely be, when's the PlayStation 5 release date? <laughs> That'd be epic. Um, that should be one of the goals of, like, if you play a million games, well, Tell you the PS5 release date, but you can't tell anybody. Yeah, exactly. And if you if you do tell anybody, we void the date. And we push it a year <laughs> and a half. So there you go. Every leak goes out. It goes a week back. No, hold on. Uh, Frankie says one of my friends works sanitation at SeaTac. That's the Seattle airport, if you don't know. And they have it on their schedule to clean the Nintendo Lounge every two hours. Also, coronavirus is significantly less a concern in the U.S. than a lot of outlets would have you think. Yes, but it's only a matter of time, Frankie. It's only a matter of time. Uh, uh, Yosemite says it's $102.95 to add everything to a design lab controller. That includes engraving and premium colors as well as metallic triggers, D-pad, and rubber grips. Yeah. Microsoft Microsoft gave it to us once, and I was like, all right, cool. And I made my own, and it's my favorite controller. Yeah. Like, it absolutely, it's everything I want in a controller right there. Yeah. I, I, we did, yeah, I was part of that, too. It's, mm-hmm. it's blue and white for kind of funny. It's got at Game Over Greggy on it. And I will be using it to play Halo the Master Chief Collection nice. this week for the first time. Well, you know, Halo 1 for the first time. And then somebody's, Kebabs is trying to correct Tim from yesterday. Tim said that PS2 wasn't capable of 720p output. output. Gran Turismo 2 and Valkyria Profile 2, Slime Area. Slim Area. Slim Area. Uh, 
You know, you, you know, it, I, it, it's a slime area. Slime Maria. <laughs> slime Maria. Uh, both offered 1080i output. Also a SpongeBob game, if I recall correctly. No, I don't think the one that yeah, I, I was like, waiting for. It. I, I, I think that one came a little too early. I think it was. There's a bunch of SpongeBob games that came out near the end of the PS2 cycle. I added to my dreams queue uh, earlier today. Peter Griffin visits uh, Bikini Bottom. Why? It looks pretty good. <laughs> I'm not why adding it because like I yes, see it like, there, right? Let's but see like, on. what was the thought process of like Peter Griffin favorite? <laughs> Favorite character from Family Guy. What, 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 what do I want to see him do? Let's take him to Visit Bikini Bottom, bro. Bikini Brad. Bottom. Let's go to All Bikini right. Bottom. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday. Tomorrow, I'll be joined by Gary Witta. Thursday, it'll be me and Blessing. Friday, Blessing and Tim. However, if you need more content today, don't go anywhere. The Gamescast is being recorded today, 3 p.m. Pacific. It is predictions slash bets on the PS5, Xbox Series X. It'll be myself, Tim, Blessing, and Imran Khan. Remember, like I said, Thursday. Thursday, 2 p.m. and Friday, 2 p.m. We start the full playthrough of Halo Combat Evolved. Myself and Tim playing Alfredo and Jack from Achievement Hunter giving us shit. Uh, if you want to be part of the show, patreon.com slash games. You can go there right now. Get the exclusive post show we're about to do where we're answering uh, 2038 Pokemon CEO's question. Um, on top of that, you can watch it live, twitch.tv slash games. You can, uh, you're wrong, us on the you're wrong. You can get it later. YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, podcast services around the globe. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.